So a syndication is a pulling of resources among a large number of investors to purchase a property that would otherwise not be achievable by individuals themselves. Now, among this syndication, you have two different classes of investors. Welcome to the Lessons in Real Estate Show, bringing you information directly from industry leaders in multifamily and commercial real estate. Each week, Anthony Pinto interviews top multifamily experts and digs into the hard lessons learned on their pathways to success. We get real to give you a more holistic picture and help you avoid pitfalls others won't tell you about. He will teach you about raising money, growing your portfolio, and attracting investors to your cause. And now your host, Anthony Pinto. Are you in the military, interested, but don't know how to get started in real estate investing? I get it. I was in the exact same boat. But I have good news for you. We have content made just for you. If you head over to our website at pintocapitalinvestments.com, you can hear about how I made the decision to start buying investment properties literally hundreds of feet underwater on a submarine. That's pintocapitalinvestments.com. What you hear for the show, so let's get into it. Hey, learners, and welcome to the Lessons of Real Estate show. I'm your host, Anthony Pinto, and today we're going to be doing our monthly spinoff episode, Today's Topic, where I answer a question posed by a fellow learner. So today's topic is about the roles within a multifamily syndication, and this was asked mainly to explore the different options available to a newbie syndicator when they, um, that they can bring to a more experienced operator when forming a new team. So let's get into it. Uh, firstly, to answer this question, I think we need to set a knowledge baseline. So a syndication is a pooling of resources among a large number of investors to purchase a property that would otherwise not be achievable by individuals themselves. Now, among this syndication, you have two different classes of investors. You have uh, the active investors or the general partners and the passive investors or the limited partners. And as you can imagine, the limited partners provide the capital needed to close on the property in exchange for a return on their investment, while the general partners actively manage you know, acquiring the deal, negotiate lending, and um, generally get the take over the property from contract to closing and then on. <clears throat> so as you can imagine, there are a ton of different responsibilities within the general partnership, especially at the beginning of an acquisition. And to make it easier to digest, I've broken down these responsibilities into three different phases of an acquisition, the pre-contract phase, the contract to closing phase, and the post-close phase. Now, during the pre-contract phase, there are two main roles. And again, understand that this, you know, these are very generalized roles. There are a lot of different jobs that are generally going to need to be done. But overall, these are kind of the big titles, I guess, if you want to call it that. And uh, those two main roles are the deal finder and the underwriter. Now, one of the best ways for a beginning you know, syndicator to get their feet wet is to be a deal finder for a more experienced syndicator. Um, you know, This individual would be talking with brokers, looking at properties, interacting with owners, and generally hustling to find that, that deal. And um, going hand in hand with being a deal finder is an underwriter as they are often the same person. And, and it makes sense. If you're going to be in, you know, talking with brokers, looking at deals, you need to be able to actually evaluate the deal to make sure that, you know, you're not just wasting the broker's time. You're not just wasting your time and understand what you're trying to purchase. Right. Um, and you're going to find that a lot of the deals are not going to underwrite 
according to your stipulations, right? They're just not going to be good deals at the purchase price that is being offered by the seller. Um, and so part of that um, comes in as the uh, kind of responsibilities of the underwriter. So this underwriter is the one who's actually evaluating the financials of the deal, taking into account different factors like cap rates, um, potential rents, necessary renovations, and so on and so forth to determine if the property is a worthy acquisition given their desired criteria, criteria like um, what their desired time period is, what their returns are expected, so on and so forth. And uh, it's arguably one of the most important jobs within the syndication because they say you make your money when you buy. And uh, because the underwriter is the one who determines what the purchase price is going to be based off of a number of different assumptions, depending on the operators, uh, which is then offered on the property. And, um, you know, the underwriter is really the one that is basing the whole foundation of, of this syndication, right? The expected returns, the time period of the whole, uh, you know, the renovations that need to be done. All of these kind of key factors uh, in building the business plan are our first kind of and in, uh, initially determined by the underwriter. Um, and and so once you have negotiated the uh, price uh, as determined by the underwriter, uh, and you signed a, a PSA or the purchase and sales agreement, you move into this next phase of the contract to close phase. Now, this contract to close phase is really the bread and butter of the general partnership and the acquisition, right? And um, there's a lot of roles and responsibilities that take place during this time period. And, um, you know, many of these roles can be done by one individual or a couple individuals, but generally I broken it down into eight different responsibilities or roles. Uh, that is the deal sponsor, the lender or financing contact, SEC attorney, the loan guarantors, the due diligence guy, the risk capital guy, the capital raising and investor relations. And so let's start at the top. The deal sponsors. Now, these individuals or a number of individuals or team bring the experience of past acquisitions to bear and may or may not act as a mentor. So uh, if we really break it down, they're the ones that the investors, your limited partners are investing in, right? Their past experience, their wisdom in the acquisition process, their past proof of success within this particular market and this particular asset class and, and on this you know, general number of units. Uh, during this deal, right? Um, you know, someone who has dealt with 100 units before may not have dealt with 18 units before or 500 units, right? There are a drastic difference in the acquisition process and general operations. Um, and so you want to have the right players for the right you know, property, essentially. Um, and these individuals are probably going to be doing a lot of the work because they've done it before, right? And that's why you're bringing them in on the deal, right? For their experience and their expertise. Now, the next person you need is uh, someone who is the lender or financing point of contact. And uh, someone really needs to kind of take charge and find the financing for your deal. Now, if they have a deal sponsor, they probably already have lending contacts. Um, but, you know, this role is really going to kind of be filled by most often by a bank in terms of uh, providing debt financing you know, at a certain interest rate with a loan to value of, uh, you know, 65 to 80 percent. Um, and this may be in the form of a bridge loan, of uh, you know long-term agency debt, in terms of Fannie or Freddie, uh, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac loans. Um, you know, but that this may be in terms of hard money lenders. Um, it depending on how quickly you're kind of turning this property, right? Uh, it may just be in private equity. I mean, there's a lot of different options to kind of explore there. 
And um, so for on the general partner side, if you have a finance background or you have a lending contact that can provide, you know, pretty phenomenal loan terms, um, you know, that'd be a vital asset to the general partners. And you would obviously would get a general partnership kind of spot uh, depending on that. The next role is that of the SEC attorney. So when you are forming a syndication to purchase a multifamily building, you need to file with the SEC. Um, without getting really into the SEC, deep into the SEC regulations, um, we file an exemption in the form of a 506B or 506C offering, generally. Uh, and there are different restrictions to capital raising based on these two different options, but you know, you both require you to have the SEC attorney draft up the required paperwork to le- legally form and bind your syndication within the LLC that's actually purchasing the property. Um, and a general partner needs to be in charge of finding and vetting this SEC attorney and then also being the point of contact, um, excuse me, as, you know, as the operating agreement, private placement memorandum, subscription agreement, and LLC documents are generally drafted up. And uh, this can be a pretty time-intensive role uh, as there inevitably be a, a number of changes to all of these documents you know, as, um, you know, they get sent over to you by the SEC attorney, investors want to change things, you know, you determine what your uh, investor terms are going to be, so on and so forth. There are going to be a lot of changes to this. Um, and um, it can be very time intensive, especially if you have an SEC attorney that is not as communicative as they need to be. Next rule is that of the loan guarantor. So this is, um, you know, arguably one of the most important risky roles within the general partnership. Now, these loan guarantors sign the personal assets as collateral against the property, and they fill two main requirements from the lender, that of liquidity and net worth. Now, the loan guarantors must have a combined net worth of at least equal to the loan amount, right, and um, a liquidity at least 10% of the loan amount. And that's both of those requirements are really going to depend on the lender itself. Um, but generally, the liquidity can be in the form of cash in a bank account, stocks, mutual funds, or a money market fund. Um, and retirement funds are not generally considered to be liquid given the time and penalties associated with withdrawing funds from these accounts. Now, um, if you are able to lock down a non-recourse loan, there's obviously less risk associated uh, on the part of the loan guarantors, but a recourse loan risks the personal assets of the loan guarantors to seizure from the bank or the lending institution if the loan defaults for some reason. Now, because of this, a loan guarantor is going to expect a relatively large portion of the equity, um, depending if it is a non-recourse or recourse loan. Um, but that's a good way to get in on a deal if you have, you know, a business built up, built up where you have a lot of net worth, or you have, you know, money sitting ready to be deployed, or just sitting in a bank account that can show that you your syndication is liquid. Are you interested in, in multifamily and want to review a sample deal? If you head over to PintoCapitalInvestments.com, we have free access to our most recent acquisition, Marina Point Apartments. In this sample deal package, you'll see the types of deals we invest in, our stellar sponsors, and the incredible returns you can expect investing with us. Now, I'll also give you a sense of what multifamily looks like. That's PintoCapitalInvestments.com. The next role is that of due diligence. Um, and just like a single-family home, um, under contract, there is a due diligence period provided by the buyers to kind of do a deep dive uh, in assessing the property, both physically and financially. Now, physically, this includes an inspection of, of individual units, roofs, HVAC, uh, foundations, you know, so on and so forth. 
that are provided and performed by licensed contractors to determine the overall condition of the property. Now, selecting these contractors, scheduling these inspections is a big responsibility of the general partner. And uh, in addition, there is also uh, going to need to have a financial document audit done. Um, you'll walk through all of the units and have a report written up for that. Uh, do a market rent survey and uh, do a contract inspection, among a, a number of other kind of document analysis. And this takes manpower and experience to both uh, make sure you're purchasing the property at the correct price and also at the correct condition. Um, you know, you you have a certain understanding when you get a property under contract that you know you have an inspection contingency that if anything comes up, that's going to cost a ton of money. That you kind of can negotiate that with the seller. The next role is risk capital. Now, paying for third-party reports and property inspections requires money. And you may be able to negotiate paying for that at closing, but you may not. Um, and in addition to that, earnest money deposit is also required within a few days of a signed PSA. Now, if you have extra cash and um, you may be able to offer to cover the due diligence costs or the EMD, which is collectively known as risk capital, and that is a great way to get a small portion of the general partnership. Um, now, just understand that there is a risk portion of risk capital is that you may not get your money back if the deal doesn't close, right? So you obviously would be compensated for that uh, in, in proportion with that risk. Um, and, and it's a relatively easy way for a person that doesn't have any experience to get in on a deal like that is bringing capital to the table. Now, speaking of capital, you can't purchase a property without capital and limited partners provide that. And as a capital raiser, as the saying goes, um, you hopefully have dug your well before you before you're thirsty, and um, you've had your investors soft commit funds to you. And this has been done over the past you know a few months in anticipation of the deal that you now have uh, that you promised your investors. So um, individuals get a general partner role or slice of equity for a large amount of capital that they're able to bring to the acquisition, and rightly so. You know, I, I would I, I would say that capital raising is one of the most it's probably the most common way for syndicators to get in on a deal and kind of build a partnership uh, among uh, experienced operators or really kind of form their a good team. Um, but you know, capital raising is a hard affair and uh, can really be the best way to get your feet wet on your first deal. Um, now, understand that you may need to raise five hundred thousand uh, or a million dollars, right? Depending on the syndicators and and the deal, um, you may you may fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or really two hundred thousand dollars may not be enough to really kind of get your foot in the door on some of these larger deals. But again, depends on the deal, depends on the operators. And um, so, let's kind of give a scenario uh, in the investor relations side. You've gathered fifty investors who have all pledged capital and need to close on a deal. That's just great. That's awesome. That is a feat in of itself. Now, how do you manage? all of those investors and the copious amounts of paperwork they need to review, sign and return to close. And generally, how do you herd all herd the cats is uh, really what it comes down to. Um, and that's when the investor relations crew comes into play. Now, the IR team covers um, the webinars that uh, you present the investors with to showcase your deal. Um, they upload the investor contact info in the CRM, provide and manage the signing of the PPM and the subscription agreement. And generally, they're just going to handle any questions or concerns from the limited partners. And as you can imagine, interpersonal skills are a must within this role. And this role really, you know, takes it 
a, it, from the contract to closing phase past closing because you're going to have to be dealing with investors for the whole whole period, right? The rest of the time that you have this property. So those are the eight different roles you can have on the contract to closing side of things. And now, you know, once you've actually closed on the property, the real world really begins. And um, now it's time to enact the detailed business plan, the renovation plan, um, and really get on the property managers to start turning this property into what you envisioned it being. Um, and to accomplish this, there are three different roles that need to be filled. The asset management team, the investor relations team again, right? And the construction team. Now, for asset management, you can imagine taking over a property, uh, potentially changing property managers, and dealing with contractors can be a, a very volatile time. And um, you know, normally with the new acquisition, it takes about six months to fully kind of get all the kinks worked out with tenants who may be being ornery with their rent, having to deal with you know evictions that were turned over from the seller, uh, dealing with any contracts uh, that may not have gone as smoothly as you expected. Um, that takes a lot of time. And the asset management team ensures that a smooth transition occurs and that the business plan is generally being followed by the property management team. Uh, in addition, they are personally checking out the property, dealing with any major issues that come up, uh, constantly evaluating market rents and time to sell and uh, dealing with the general day-to-day operations. Um, one of, uh, of the best ways to get in, if, if you're local um, to the property, especially if your other GPs are out of state, can be extremely valuable to keep an eye and a pulse on the operations of the new acquisition, right? Um, you know, the good syndicators will show up every quarter or so, but right, if you have an individual who's there local, they can give you a idea of what is going on with the property if the property managers are actually following through with what they're saying they're doing if the reporting actually makes sense if they're getting the repairs done you know following the renovation plan if someone is there to actually put eyes on and actually talk face to face with the property management team now under the umbrella of the asset management uh, team is the construction team and if you have a general partner that is a, a general contractor or has a construction background they may be the ones that are in charge of this um, but if the, the scope may change with the construction team, if you are relying on your property manager to find coordinate and manage your required renovation and CapEx items, for example, if your whole team is out of state, um, or you don't have a, you know, a big team set up that has contracting contacts within the market that you're buying. But regardless, someone needs to make sure that the renovation plan is being followed and adjusted as needed if renovations arise. And this is generally a role that is a more experienced role because it involves, you know, someone who is not only needs to be kind of in, in the mix and make sure that the construction is being done right, right, but also manages the draws from the bank um, that manages um, the material selection, that manages what renovations actually need to be done to which units, right? Because it, it may not all be cookie cutter renovations to each unit. So it's kind of a big role to fill. And then finally, again, we have investor relations, and this continues over from the contract to closing phase. Um, and the IR team now is going to be gathering the necessary information to keep the investors informed about the operations of the asset, deal with any cash flow distributions to the limited partners. Um, then they're going to handle you know, K-1s, handing out the K-1s come tax time. Um, and how this is kind of done is, you know, information is normally pushed out via monthly or quarterly reports or webinars conducted by the IR team. 
Uh, and distributions may be coordinated through the business bank account with bank or through a CRM application like Appfolio. And uh, Appfolio is is great for investor relations because it kind of does a lot of these things for you, right? You um, you know handle how much equity each person has and how much distributions you need to get. That's all can just be handled through a CRM like Appfolio. Um, and again, investor relations is a more experienced job um, because it, it requires a certain level of um, of interpersonal skills and a certain kind of personality to kind of take that over. But I mean, if you've never dealt with investor relations before, right, you really have, a, have to have a good understanding of what's going on within a project. And that obviously requires experience having conducted, you know, a project like this before. So that is it. Now, understand that this is a simplified breakdown of the different roles within the syndication and the actual jobs acquired by a general partnership will change, you know, based on the property and the financing. Um, and this is really just a, a breakdown of the responsibilities a newbie syndicator uh, can bring to a team or an experienced operator when getting started. So I hope that you have learned something from this, and I will catch you guys next time on the Lessons in Real Estate show. One more thing before we go. I want to be real for a second. If you are enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star rating and review. It goes a long way to promoting the show and continuing to bring you great content from stellar guests. I read every rating and it helps me develop the best practices and give you the best possible version of me and the show. If you have any comments, recommend topics or guests, you can reach out to me at anthony at pintocapitalinvestments.com and we can connect. That's all I have, folks. Catch you next time on the Lessons in Real Estate show.